Welcome to Thoroughly Wrong, and now your hosts, Francisco and Rob. Take it away, guys. All right, welcome back to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. America has lost its collective mind. We've been away for a few days. Yeah, we've been away for a few days, but uh, couldn't resist. Couldn't resist this election. Couldn't resist. <laughs> What's up, man? Not the much. Just like you said, dealing with everything that's going on, trying to process it, keep up with it, because it seems like there's something new every day. Yeah, something uh, and always different. Um, to, this coronavirus. This pandemic is is blossoming again, and we got a hundred and forty four thousand positive cases today in the United States, and two hundred and fifty one right here in Kern County. Yeah, so, we're definitely going back up. But if we drop tiers, nothing really changes. I mean, nothing closes. I think inside restaurants close, and but it. Like the yeah. schools aren't going to close again. Yeah, I was reading the the main thing a lot of people were worried about was schools uh, closing back up. But I was reading that's not going to happen, especially if they're already in the process of opening back up. Right. And um, there are schools that aren't open yet that have positive COVID cases. <laughs> so <laughs> That's always a good sign. Yeah. So we're going to bring in 500 students and yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't I don't think that's going to work. I really don't. I just wanted to like preface everything. Um, today's November twelfth, so we're like, what, uh, a little over a week, like a week and a half removed from yeah. the election day. Uh, nine nine days. What was your uh, your opinion on that? On everything that's go- been going on about that? Okay, uh, <laughs> my wife and I had a talk on election night. Because I went to bed completely thinking that it was over. Same. Yeah. And actually, you know, I had a really bad night, slept poorly, had nightmares. Like, what the hell am I going to do? You know, I I don't know what's going to happen. So we woke up and uh, Wednesday morning and my, you know, things were still fucked up. And and I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. And she said, my wife looked at me and she said, are we missing something? And that was, you know, that's that philosophical question. That if you are an intelligent human being and someone says, or you might be missing something, you take a hard look at it because when over half of your country is supporting a person, you have to think, am, am I missing something here? Because Trump is super popular with his base. So I, I don't feel that I'm missing anything. I, I, I sorted it out of my head. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I'm just of a different mindset than, than a, a Trump based person. Yeah. Look, here's my, I've talked to a few people about this. Uh, I wouldn't consider it like a hot take or anything like that. It's just from what I've seen, like I, listen to a lot of like political commentators um like on the internet and like the news and stuff like that so my thing with trump's like base and not even just trump but again it's gonna sound like a hot take but like republicans in general that i've noticed at least is they prey a lot on the uneducated population in this country right right um i was reading somewhere that here in the united states uh seven out of ten people don't have anything past a high school degree so we're basically a nation of high school graduates you know yeah that's That's a lot of people that's about right um in my home state of west virginia 25 percent of the people have a have a degree and right here in kern county 22 percent Right. So when I say like, when I say like uneducated, I don't mean like, oh, only dumb people are Republicans, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In the sense, I mean it in the sense that like, um, like if you look at Kentucky or like states like Kentucky, Mississippi, there's some of like the poorest states in the country, if not the poorest states in the country. Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky. Yeah, that's where, that's where Mitch McConnell's from. 
you know, he just got reelected. Right. And um, I just feel like they're underrepresented. And like when something bad happens to those states, I feel like the uh, Republican representatives kind of blame it on the Democrats, even though they're the ones running that state. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So and then the people that they're speaking to, they're, you know, constituents, they're just they kind of just go with it and they agree like, oh, you know, it's Obama's fault. We're doing so bad when, you know, your whole state is ran by Republicans. Like, hold up. You know, why don't you push back on them and, you know, like say, well, you're in charge of us. Like what what's going on? What have you done for us? What are you doing for us? And I don't think those. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think those questions are being asked because, you know, they don't they're not very aware of like the big issues going on or how their state runs, stuff like that. Right. So when I say uneducated, I don't mean like, oh, you know, you have to go to college or stuff like that. I just mean like, you know, educate yourself about what affects you and how it affects you and who controls what affects you. And you can make better, you know, decisions based on that. Yeah. Let me, let me help you out here. I, when you say un, uneducated, you mean no college and, and in a lot of cases haven't finished high school. Right. So, right. And then no AA and you didn't go get special, you know, you're not a welder, you're not anything. You're just this guy that, or gal that got their job in the town that they live in. And the thing is, I used to be that guy. Now I didn't go to college until I was 30. I didn't start college till I was 29 or 30. And in that nine years, 10 years from high school, I went to the Marine Corps. And then after the Marine Corps, I I lived in a really small town in West Virginia and I worked in a glass factory. Okay. I read the local newspaper. I listened to local politicians. I did local things. I never left. And the thing is, that was safe to me. And that's what's safe to those people. They only understand what's going on in the little bubble that they live in. And when you say uneducated, not stupid, I totally get what you mean because in the cases of the people that I knew there, to be a glass worker or a mechanic or a farmer takes a tremendous amount of intelligence. Yeah. But the thing is, at age 29, I decided to go to college and when that happened, I began to be, I began to morph into something else. And, and I lost my hometown and I lost my state and I lost my family, my people, because I began to think globally instead of locally. Yeah. And, I, I think that's yeah. a hard like concept to, for people to start thinking about, which I mean, for a lot of uh, situations, it's perfectly understandable. You know, it's kind of hard to think about existential crises when, you know, you're struggling to put food on the table or pay your bills. Right. And, and my pleasure was, you know, sports and football and, and things like that. I I didn't know how the government operated. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. I just thought whatever the local news or the local politicians or the local newspaper tells me, well, that must be the facts. Yeah. So when I say the problem, like you, I totally agree with you. The problem is the uneducated. And that's what Donald Trump preys on. He preys on their fear is what he does. He calls all Mexicans rapists and murderers. So therefore, everybody in the small town of West and West Virginia goes, yeah, our president says that everybody coming over the border is dangerous. So we have to, you know, that xenophobic, nightmare that this president is yeah and he knows how they think and he knows what they want to hear and he tells them that i'm bringing back your coal i'm protecting you from the mexicans i'm you know i'm doing this and this and this and that's the thing that they fear the most so this pandering to the lowest common denominator and i don't mean that in any pejorative way I do not mean that in a pejorative way. Let me say it three times. I don't mean it like that. 
but he panders to the lowest common denominator, the people that don't know how to think about things because they've never been challenged to think about things. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally agree with you, dude. It, I was it, talking, the problem here is the uneducated. Yeah, because I remember on election day, I was actually talking to, I went like on this whole like little mini rant on Instagram. Uh, what you went on a rant really not not on a rant like as in like <laughs> recording myself but just like post like okay. i posted a bunch of things and um like at the end of it i asked someone or i asked people like you know i actually i want to hear your opinions on why you're voting for trump if you're voting for trump you know it was like anonymous so i, w- I wasn't gonna like put people on blast or anything and one of my friends he actually replied to me he, and he asked me why why would you vote for biden you know that's an excellent question, and um, it's an excellent I pretty much, you know, question. I laid I laid out like my opinion on like his policies and why I prefer them, you know, especially when it comes to healthcare, or the economy. This whole like um, police brutality issue that we have right now, yeah, which Biden has, you know, a plan for. He has a plan to to battle the uh, coronavirus, whereas Trump has no plan for any of these things. <laughs> And we kind of had like this little, you know, conversation back and forth. And he was telling me, yeah, man, I'm just tired of like, uh, like the Dems kind of like not doing anything, you know, I, he has this feeling that, you know, they just drag their feet on everything. They, you know, they make all these promises and then don't, don't come through for them. Well, you do have to have some cooperation from the other side in order to get anything done. Right. And I was telling him, like, I agree, like, I agree with you, like, you know, I was hard, especially towards um, like when it got closer to the election. Uh, I was very hard on Biden, like hard. But um, when I say hard, I mean, like I was really like, yes, like we need to vote for Biden. Like he he needs to win. And that's not because, you know, I, you know, 100 percent support him. Like I'll criticize the hell out of Joe Biden, especially these next four years. Right. Uh, but for me, like just looking at the two options it's not even close like in almost every single way if not every single way uh joe biden is a better option than donald trump yeah Um, i agree i agree and so i was just telling him you know like i was kind of giving him the little spiel about you know how republicans tend to prey on like uh the ill-informed or miseducated people and he's like, yeah, I, you know, I get that. That makes sense to me. He's, he was in a boat where he was just tired of uh, the Dems kind of just not doing anything for him, you know? Right. Which I get, you know, I've kind of, I've been there myself too. And it can get frustrating, you know, to the point where a lot of people are like, okay, well, you know, I gave it a try um, and nothing happened. So I'm going to try to, you know, switch over, see see if, you know, things are kind of greener on the other side. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people felt that in 2016. And a lot of those people that, you know, voted for Donald Trump back in 2016 kind of saw like, whoa, you know, it's not, it's not as, you know, we didn't have it that bad now that I think about it on the blue side. Right. So, yeah, it's just, it was just like, I was like, nail biting all night that night <laughs> i have like a heart rate monitor on my watch it was like alerting me every 10 minutes like you're sitting still but your heart rate's like at 120 <laughs> are you okay yeah i'm fine leave me alone and then i remember the next morning like i was like you i, I went to bed like this is 2016 all over again because all i kept hearing from the news was you know all these states are kind of you know, there's no states that no, there's no states that have flipped. They're all, you know, kind of just falling in line from the last election. So I was kind of like, oh, it's going to happen again. And then the next morning I see like Michigan and Wisconsin, like trending blue. And then Biden takes the lead. And I was like, oh, damn, never mind. You know, as yeah. the days went on, I think by the third or fourth day, I was like, OK, he's going to win. <laughs> Yeah, it took three or four days for me too, but you know, that Tuesday, God, that was awful. That was awful. That was like, I was thinking, what, what, another four years of this nightmare of every day 
waking up to find out what the hell he did today. Yeah. I, I don't think we could take that anymore. But the thing is, <clears throat> half of American voters want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't understand it, Francisco. I do not understand why you would want that kind of racist, homophobic, misogynist bullshit every single day. The xenophobic asshole that just spouts off whatever he wants to say every single day. And when I go back to what we said before about the uneducated, I... Even uneducated, I don't understand why you would want that as your leader. It's unbelievable to me. I think for, I mean, if if you look at it, for a large portion of this country, or for the people in this country, whoever the president is, uh, for I mean, at least for the most part, it's not going to affect their personal lives all that much. But there's also a pretty big portion of it that they will, you know, yeah. and those people are like minorities, um, you know, LGBTQ people, uh, you know, like illegal immigrants, um, DACA recipients, people that are literally like their livelihood is at stake. Yeah. Uh, depending on who's who's in the White House. And those are just <laughs> things like- that. You know, your average, you know, for the most part, your average person doesn't have to worry about. So yeah, I don't have to worry about getting sent back to Nicaragua, a place I've never been. But suddenly, somehow, by American law, I belong there. Yeah. So that <laughs> um, I don't like to use to overuse the word privilege, but that's definitely a privilege that a lot of people here have. Um, you know, it's not going to whoever if Trump or Joe Biden's president, you know, it's not going to affect our paycheck. It's not going to affect. Um, you know, our lives in any way. Right. For the most Unless part. Unless we have a Nicaraguan friend. <laughs> right. So when, so when you tell people that aren't going to be affected by this, you know, like, well, you know, think about, you know, the children in the cages or think about women. They're very worried about, you know, their rights getting taken away. A lot of people just, I think it comes down to like, almost selfishness where it's like well it's not gonna affect me so i really don't care you know all that much yeah but you know everybody lives their own life francisco you know what i mean yeah yeah and it's hard and i don't say this in a in a in a bad way at all but it's hard to live your life caring about every single thing that's happening you know you pick and choose your battles here. And, um, yeah, it, yeah, I am a 55 year old white male. I, I feel really badly about what's going on and I voted to stop it, but there's not much else I can do. There's not much else I can do. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to, you know, in a country of, 350 million people to kind of do something dramatic on your own, you know? Yeah, it is. It's, um, it can really destroy your ability to fend for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hard part about all of this. I have serious, <laughs> I have seriously considered running for some sort of political office here in Bakersfield. Uh, I think I could, I, I, I don't know if I would make a um, a dent in any big way, but the thing is, having somebody like me in office begins to change things, and I may not see the change, but the the sixth person away from me, that may be the change. Yeah, it's to start somewhere. You know, it's like a snowball effect. Yeah, so it's really hard when your president is Donald Trump to feel like there's any hope for any positive change, his version of positive and his base's version of positive is different than mine, which takes me back to 
am, am I missing something here? I, I don't understand it. I, I'm on the complete and opposite side. And not only am I left, I'm far left when it comes to him. So mm-hmm. it makes it really difficult for people on the right to understand me or me to understand them. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at, at Joe, he, I mean, if you put him in like Canada or in a lot of other countries, he would be, you know, right down the middle, if not yeah. considered somewhat conservative, especially looking at his track record. As, and especially if you look at uh, Harris's track record. Right. Uh, for many people, they'd be considered, uh, you know, center right or center left. Uh, Republicans and Donald Trump, they made a really good, a really good effort in making a lot of people believe that they're just outright like socialists, you know? Yeah. And there was nothing more. People don't know the definition of socialism. Yeah. (laughs) And I think this was very evident in Florida. Uh, during the election. Um, if you look at, you know, the demographics that Trump got in Florida, his Latino vote was way up, way higher than expected. And I think what a lot of people realized, especially in the media, was that you can't condense the Latino vote, you know, quote unquote, into like one group of people that's always going to vote a single way. Because even within you know, the Latino or Hispanic community, there's, there's factions, you know, there's um, South Americans, there's of Cubans, course. there's, you know, there's Mexicans, and they all have their different, um, you know, kind of culture and like beliefs. And like I was saying, in, in Florida, there's a very large uh, Cuban population. I don't know if you, uh, oh, if you heard yeah. about it on the news. Definitely. I know all about that. <laughs> so a lot of them, you know, they're, they're coming from Cuba. They, they've experienced, you know, the, the life that they had there, you know? So when they hear the word socialist, it's almost like a trigger for them, you know? So when Donald Trump and all these people are saying like, Oh, they're, they're going to turn this country into a socialist country. They're thinking back like, well, I just fled a socialist country. Exactly. And I didn't want that. So they're going to vote for him. And that was one of his main, I would say that's probably the reason he won in Florida. If it came down to one like major deciding factor, I would say it would be the the Cuban-American vote uh, yeah, in Florida. Yeah, too. Because if you took out the Cuban-American vote, it w- he would have lost Florida. Yeah. And then if you look at, if you, you could swing it the other way, if you look at Arizona this past year, it's going to flip blue, you know? I mean, at least that's what they're projecting. Um, in a state that hasn't been blue for a while. Right. And they credit a lot of that for a few reasons. Um, I would say the biggest reasons was one, Don Trump was like shitting on John McCain, you know, every chance he got. Yeah. that hurt And he's feelings, like, man. he's a pretty, you know, pretty popular dude there. Um, especially after he passed away, like you're gonna, you're going to dump on him after he's passed away. Yeah. I don't, don't think that speak, don't speak ill of the dead, man. That's low. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that that flew well down in Arizona, <laughs> uh, that, and then if you think back like 10, 12 years ago, uh, there was a lot of news stories from coming from Arizona about, um, there, I forgot his name. There was like this, the sheriff that was like, they called him like Arap- the most racist. Arapaho. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Joe something. And he had like very like hard, like radical, like, you know, immigration, like policies, you know, like. Right. Uh, like they could stop people if you looked, you know, Hispanic or if you looked like you weren't uh, a U.S. citizen and they'd ask you for your papers. But guess what? You know, that was 10, 12 years ago. Those people had kids and those kids grew up. Uh, during that time, they grew up, you know, being afraid for their parents. And now there are a lot of them are at the point where they could vote. And I think a lot of them, obviously, they, they remember that. They remember living through that. They remember their parents' fear. You know, it's a daily thing for um, for people that are, you know, not U.S. citizens. 
yeah, it's a daily lost. thing of like he lost in like uh, Maricopa County 2016 to a Democrat. So yeah, yeah they'd had enough of him. So I would say those are um, the two major contributing factors for why he lost Arizona. So you can see, you know, on one side of the spectrum, the Hispanic vote, you know, does one thing. And then on the other side, it does another thing. So you can't really clump it together as just, you know, the Latino vote because yeah. well, uh, it's very I diverse know, within itself. But that's that's American thinking. And what it is, you when you reverse that and you say, okay, um, all white people are the same, all Hispanics are the same, all Asians are the same. No, they, that's not even that's not even close to being true. But we never look yeah. at those that uneducated, non-college educated people never look at the intricacies of what is really happening. When when their news station in their town or their newspaper reports this to be a fact, then that's a fact. And that's that's what ripples through the the entire community and you cannot escape it. So when you say when you say in a small town that uh, Hispanics supported Trump in Florida, you don't discuss that what you just said. You don't discuss the Arizona issue. You just no. say Trump was supported by the Hispanics. And that's the truth. And it's so sad. And I, and I hate to use the word sad. It, it's just so fucking maddening that we don't look past the, the, when Fox news says something and, and we on, on the right, on the, on the left are, are also guilty. Fox news has some things to say about Fox news's base which would help us understand anything or everything better. And that's what I like about Joe Biden the most, especially after he got elected. I kind of, you know, I kind of fell in love with the guy because he's like, listen, we need to be Americans here, not Democrats, not Republicans, not white people. We need to come together as a country. And I love that about Joe Biden. And I'm glad that he has come down on that side. Very glad. I think because we've been deprived of such like, I don't know, decency for the last four years. It's very refreshing now to, to hear, you know, someone talking like that. Yeah. Kind of makes me feel like I took Obama's eight years for granted. <laughs> he's a very good speaker. I really did. Um, he played a lot of basketball and I was happy about that. I was like, my president's out shooting hoops. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, like since the election, like I've just been hyper, like trying to stay up to date and like read all these articles, read all these stories, especially with all this like voter fraud thing that's yeah. going on. Did you put air uh, quotes around voter fraud? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Big heavy air quotes. <laughs> uh, and it's just so it's almost frustrating and because there's so much like hypocrisy going on right now. Like yeah. I've seen so many videos from like 2016 of like uh, Republicans being, you know, like, well, they can't be sore losers. They have to accept the results. Why are they asking? Why is Hillary asking for recounts? Like, you know, just accept the results. Donald Trump's being, or Donald Trump's going to be the next president, you know? Right. And then you look and it's like, that's exactly what's going on right now. And I've, been looking on twitter there's like so many i follow a lot of uh i would call them grifters <laughs> on twitter yeah yeah it's a lot of people that they claim to be uh liberals you know or democrats but they're just so fed up with the democratic party that they're they voted for trump you know but like if you are see like dinos a, huh are those dinos what do you mean Dem democrats in name only <laughs> yeah exactly so it's people like um i don't know if you ever heard of him like dave rubin um what's his name that's tim something uh, i've seen him a few times on joe rogan's podcast i don't know but um like if you look at everything they tweet everything they talk about it's just complete bashing of the left 
and no criticism whatsoever of the right. Uh, so it's like, and like you look at all their like supporters and it's all, it's a bunch of, you know, conservative people. So it kind of incentivizes them to kind of keep up this act of, you know, oh, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, but I'm tired of their, of their uh, BS. So I'm, I'm voting red this time. And they feed into these conspiracy theories of all this, like voter fraud, quote unquote, that's going on when so many of them have either no legitimate, you know, standing ground. There's been a lot of uh, lawsuits that have been thrown out because when all these, you know, all these Trump, you know, legal team lawyers can make press conferences and, you know, claim, you know, voter fraud and, oh, we have so-and-so that's coming forward and we have this video and we have all this. But then when you go in front of a judge and you realize like, oh shit, I can't lie in front of this judge. Like I've been doing in my press conferences and on Twitter, because if I lie, you know, that's perjury and I go to jail. Right. So when they get in front of these judges, um, they kind of backtrack a little bit, you know, they kind of make it not seem that big of a deal. And then the judge is looking at it and like, well, you know, there's no evidence here and they throw out the case and that's going to, I'm pretty sure. I think that's going to keep happening until, you know, January 20th. I do too. In the courts, they're going to keep losing in the courts, but outside of that, you know, they're going to have these big, you know, outside of landscape company press conferences and just, you know, scream to, to the masses, like voter fraud, like stolen election, all these things. And it's just so, I think that's the worst part because, you know, Trump's feeding, feeding into it, the people around him, like senators, uh, other people in the Republican party, it's almost as if they're afraid to kind of speak out against him because they know that Trump has so much power within the Republican uh, voter base that the second they speak out against him, he's gonna, you know, call him out. Yeah. And And then then they, you know. Exactly. So they're kind of just like a lot of them are either agreeing with Trump, like, oh, well, you know, he's not president yet or or he's not president elect yet. The election isn't certified or whatever. And then a lot of them are just not saying anything. They're trying to I think they feel it like they know that it's over, but they're just trying to wait it out until (laughs) waiting silently. Yeah. Until he's out of office, you know. That um, <laughs> fucking Mitch McConnell, <laughs> and you know Mitch McConnell, the, he's like stepping up the, to the microphone, and he's like, you know, the president has every right to exhaust every legal situation yeah. that he can. It's like Mitch, come just fess up. You're afraid Which, of I mean, him. I like I agree with that. Like you know, if he suspects there's you know foul play, whatever, yeah, you could you know go after it, but but to the level that he's doing it he's undermining our like democracy, you know, and, and how it's run in the United States. Like after this election, there's going to be people for four years and a lot longer. that are going to be convinced that they were robbed, that Donald Trump was robbed and they're not going to, they're not going to hear any other, you know, opinion, whether you give them facts or not. Like they will be convinced Donald Trump should have won. And well, I think that's going to be the most damaging uh, thing out of all of this. Yeah, to underline, undermine the democracy is it's a travesty. What he's it's doing? It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Oh my god! I know. I know. I've read so much about There's, you know when other countries are looking at us and we're we appear weak, and that's a dangerous time for for our country right now. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, I think it was the lieutenant governor of Georgia. He was, um, he put this tweet out like, you know, they claim they have, you know, all this evidence of voter fraud and there's like mountains of evidence. And he's like tweeting out like, oh, if you come forward and, you know, give us your, your evidence, like there's a reward, like a monetary reward. And it's like, on one hand, you're, you know, you're saying, oh, we have all this evidence, like, like, uh, Donald Trump's going to win, like, they're going to overturn all these things. And on the other hand, like, you're literally begging people to come forward, and you're going to pay them. 
you know what that Republican <laughs> from, I thought, was it Mississippi? The, uh, what's his name? Price Wallace. He tweeted that, <laughs> that Mississippi should secede from the union. What kind of, that. what kind of shit is that? man? <laughs> Seriously. What is that? The whole, you can't secede from the, I get, well, you know what? I'm going to have to backtrack immediately because California always wants to secede from the union. <laughs> part of me is wondering what that would be like. Um, but all the other part of me is like, let me move out of California and then you guys can secede. So in case it's a bad idea, I'm not there to, to witness it. But a oh, lot of people Francisco, don't. Francisco, you're a coward. Let's do this. <laughs> calculated risk exactly um, what was i gonna say yeah um you know all these people that are, i saw someone <laughs> i saw sort of on twitter's like the greatest <laughs> app in the world um <laughs> they were like joe biden should be the president for all the blue states and donald trump should be the president for all the red states <laughs> okay i think that's a good idea i was like <laughs> okay good luck with that and a lot of and you know Donald Trump has this big, uh, like, rhetoric that he always talks about how uh, all these, like, highly run or, like, Democratic run cities and states, like, they always do, you know, bad and they want all this money and they want all this bailout. Yeah. When if you look, if you actually look at the numbers, um, it's all the, you know, normally conservative and red states that, one, contribute the least when it comes to taxes um, and then to um, get the most money back when it comes to, uh, you know, welfare programs and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's kind of the opposite of what you're saying, you know, California, New York, um, all these States, like these uh, like highly dense, uh, densely populated States are the ones that pay the most in taxes that kind of, you know, keep our social programs in, afloat you know right so you know just it's just one of those things where you're trying to kind of try to like flip it on people and you know convince them otherwise <laughs> why okay here's my here's here's my input on that why can't you convince someone that what trump just said is a lie when you present the evidence you, he like here's the real statistics from a government source that are in conflict with what your president says and they're like nope <laughs> you know why that happens especially now um it's the whole fake news thing um that he pushed since you know 2016 2015 yeah he's which i mean does the news is the news always 100% true and honest and unbiased of course not but there's a lot of times where it is you know even fox news has you know uh good you know reports and good uh journalism you know to a degree and donald trump has made it to where you know half of the country essentially dismisses everything that the news says like 100 yeah. everything there was um even they're even turning on Fox News now, like they're saying, "Oh, Fox News uh, is pandering to Joe Biden because they called Arizona on the first night." You know? Yeah, because they have that new television station that they're all turning to now. Something. Yeah, like OAN or something like that. Which oh, I've yeah. seen, I've seen the, uh, I've seen this like John Oliver bit on it. You should check it out. It's pretty, pretty scary how far right they are. Well, yeah, you know the blonde-haired girl that's on OAN that she's like she's a commentator. Mm -hmm. Have you seen her? Yeah. I when OAN came online, I f was watching it because I thought, okay, I'm going to try it out because it's a different news source. It's not CNN or MSNBC or Fox or and that is the craziest news station I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's like something out of, it's something out of a science fiction novel. It really is. They just out and out deny everything that's going on. And they report how they think 
it should be. I, I, I don't know what the fuck they're reporting. I really don't. It's really insane. And I heard, and I don't know if it's true, and I'm not spreading rumors, but Donald Trump wants to buy that rate, that station when he's done. Yeah, they've always been like very heavy pro-Trump. They never criticize him. And, you know, he they they he praises them for it, you know, mm-hmm. just like he would use to praise Fox News until, you know, they quote unquote turned on him by reporting the actual news. And, you know, he calls him out. He calls him out on Twitter. And then you look at all the Twitter replies and it's like Fox News, like uh, you guys are fake news, like OAN and Newsweek for me only from now on. And oh, that's, wait, Newsweek? I think that's what it was called. Did Newsweek go right? I think that's what they were. I think it was Newsweek. Something news. Oh. But my feelings. it's the whole rhetoric, you know, of like, don't trust the media in anything. Which, I mean, like I said, I'm very, like, I'm a very heavy, like, believer in, like, the whole healthy skepticism, you know? Sure. It's always healthy to be skeptical of things. Sure never take it for face value but at the same time like once you know you look into it and you know there's multiple sources and like to at some point it's like okay this is true or okay this is false or like you know it's still up in the air right but to just take things like oh no it's it's fake news today the secretary of uh of dhs which is department of homeland security came out and said you know by our analysis this is the like this was the safest um, election we've ever had, and he meant safest as in like um, the least you know like problematic and like prone to to fraud. Yeah, it has the highest validity of of any election in history. Right. So, you know, that's his own administration. Like that's the Department of Homeland Security. Like that's the government telling you that, and I'm pretty sure there's people that are just denying it they're saying well you know the media doesn't call elections they can't decide who's who's the president-elect i mean they did it four years ago nobody was complaining then they've done it every four years for the past you know 50 60 years yeah and nobody's ever complained until now and why because donald trump is on twitter going off about how it's rigged against him it's always been rigged against them I and can't he's just, wait till January 20th, dude. Yeah, he's throwing up all these conspiracy theories that just have no base and no validity to them. And they're just, you know, his base is just eating them up and regurgitating them themselves, you know, out to the internet, which kind of just amplifies everything, you know. <laughs> and it just makes it worse at the end of the day. Oh, God. It's, it, he, loses his tw- he, he loses his Twitter privileges on January 20th. Yeah, I was reading that. He's, he gets like, his protected status is like, they is take it done. away. Yeah. I wonder how long he'll last <laughs> on Twitter after <laughs> January 20th. I don't know. He doesn't like to be blocked. He doesn't like to lose. He doesn't like anything negative against him. So he, he tends to ignore a lot yeah. of things. And like the way he talks uh, right now, like the way he's tweeting and stuff like that, it makes me wonder like, is, if he's having like you say he doesn't like to lose he you know he's not used to losing he's not used to people you know cheering for his demise and booing him when he's pulling into the white house and this is you know this is a presidential election it's you know a historic event it's going to go down in history forever he's going to go down in history forever as you know the loser yeah and i think to him mentally like that that messes with him like bad to the point where I think he might, you know, break or like crack or have some sort of, I mean, I'm sure internally, like in the white house, he's probably had some moments of like, where he's like, you know, hyperventilating or like, you know, freaking <laughs> out or like, you know, in complete denial. He's in complete denial that he's lost. And the people around him were kind of just yes men that are like, you know, trying to pat him on the back. Like, Oh, we'll get this. Don't worry. We'll, we'll turn it around. We'll, we'll figure out a way to win this for you. and it's 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 sad and it but at the same time it's scary because like i said i think the biggest uh damage is going to be done to to the system our election system and how it's run how it's looked at are are we 
I read, I read an article today that said Donald Trump is just the beginning because if the Congress and the Senate, if he, if the Democrats don't have full control, nothing will get done. And the next Donald Trump who comes up might be a dangerous lunatic worse than, than this one. One that will do things that are, you know, so this, this is the beginning of the undermining of a democracy. I'm almost and, positive. Or go ahead. Finish. No, I, I was just saying, this is the beginning. This is it. This is the doors flung open now. And, you know, and I realized that we needed a shakeup because when you look at the curve of the debt that we're in, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and something's got to give. You can't go deeper and deeper into debt and, and not crash somewhere. Yeah. But this, but Donald Trump was the beginning of uh, a long future history of problems that we're going to have because we're divided. We're in debt, the pandemic, Trump, you, you look at these things, 2020, it wasn't just 2020. 2020 was a bad year. I'm not saying that it wasn't, but it has been the last two decades of this downhill slide of partisanship and lack of uh, national unity. And it, it's not going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to turn out very well for us in the next five years. Yeah, it's definitely going to be hard without, um, you know, with split control of Congress. Yeah. To get, um, you know, policies passed or, you know, bills passed, laws made. Do we still have a chance in the Senate? Yeah, the the Democrats would have to win both runoff uh, elections, and that would be what's, a fifty fifty tie. What's the chance? Of um, that? honestly, I don't know. It it. I mean, the fact that Georgia is like flip blue, I think heavily increases the chances. I think what uh, the Democrats have to do is kind of keep their foot on the gas. And kind of like reinvigorate that voter base. Like, okay, you know, you guys came out for, you know, the general election, but we really need you to come out for this, for these runoff elections now, you know? Okay. Well, then there's a chance. There's Yeah, there's definitely a chance. There's a chance. And even if it's 50-50, you know who the tiebreaker is. Yeah. Harris. And then there's like midterms for, you know, in like two years. Yeah. So, you know, a few seats can flip there. What You know what? We got kind of dark there because... <laughs> Because it, it's a dark time, but I would like to back up just a minute, and I would like to say I'm pretty excited of the prospect of Kamala Harris because that really changes everything. You know, it it changes everything for us. It gives hope to people that really didn't have hope before, and that's that's a beautiful thing, man. I'm really kind of proud of our country well half of our country <laughs> i'm really proud of that 74 million people that chose joe biden and kamala harris um she's uh she's a bright spot in this for me yeah i i like her i mean i'm one of those people that i will like regardless of who it is i'll i'll criticize them for you know, I'll praise them for the good things and I'll criticize the bad things. Sure. And she's definitely had some, you know, some questionable moments, especially as attorney general here in California, uh, that, you know, they were brought up during the primary process. So I'm very interested to see how um, she behaves going forward, you know, if she's kind of softened on the, a lot of those things, if she's more progressive, you know. We can hope. I mean... Yeah, I definitely hope she is. Because to me, to me, when you say someone is a progressive, and I, I include myself in that group of people, when you say someone's progressive, you learn from your mistakes. And you say, yeah, I, okay, I, I didn't think like that before, which I've said several times in this podcast. When I was a West Virginian and I was uneducated, I'm very ashamed of how I acted and what I believed and what I said. And remember, um, Wham, 
Lavin, yeah. when he was on the show, he was like, I, I, I'm ashamed of myself in the past, but I've changed. That's a progressive to me. That's part of the definition of being a progressive. Yeah, you, you could definitely, I'm a heavy believer in that people can change. Yeah, of, uh, of course. So we'll see what she does. Um, I'm pretty excited, especially, like I said, after having four years of kind of like doom and gloom. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I, and like when I was, I remember when it was kind of certain, after they called Pennsylvania for for Biden, so he got like the 270, I like posted this thing on Instagram that said, you know, like, congratulations, Joe, like, I, I look forward to praising all your accomplishments and criticizing all your mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's important because, you know, he's not like some savior, you know, I, I like that people are, you know, are celebrating his victory and his win, but now it's time to, you know, as they say, like, go to work, you know, now it's time to, uh, you know, try to make change where, where you want change. Yeah. We believed in you now show us what you can do. Exactly. Basically. And that's, and you know, a, that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. So he has four years. I don't, I'm hard pressed on thinking that he would run again in four years. I, like I, like I was saying earlier, I'm almost positive Donald Trump's going to run again in four years. You were talking about how they're kind of waiting on the next Donald Trump. I think the next Donald Trump is going to be Donald Trump in four years, you know, barring any like health issues or um, like legal issues that he may come across. (laughs) If he's like free of any of that, um, I'm almost certain he will run again. (laughs) You think he'll pardon himself? I hate to go off on a tangent here when we're almost (laughs) done, but what really you're gonna par- I I hereby pardon myself. What? I don't think that you is, can. I don't, I don't think, that's, think a... that's the letter of the law. But you know how? I'm sure he'll try. Interpret though. it. When you interpret it, it says it never says anywhere in the law that you can't pardon yourself. I think that was just a given 240 years ago. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, even then, I I mean, I if Joe Biden. Like if he gets, you know, like indicted for what something, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Biden um, pardons him just because I think that's like a, it's more like of an optics thing at that point. That would certainly soothe the nerves of the nation. It certainly would. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of people that would be, I was going to say there's going to be, there would be, if that happens, there's going to be a lot of people that are, you know, that would be pissed, especially at Joe. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I un- I understand the move. If it happens. see, that's where I was going. You said I understand. I would also understand. I would say, okay, that's not something. It, putting Donald Trump in jail would be disastrous. You got half the country who supported this person. So you take seventy some million people, and there's a there's a faction of those people that certainly believe deeply in what Donald Trump is and to offend that many people by putting him in jail. I think that by Joe Biden pardoning Donald Trump, if he got, got in legal trouble, would it would the progressives on his side would be like, man, that sucks, but I get it. Yeah. That would, I mean, that I would wouldn't be a beautiful thing. I would, I wouldn't lose any sleep if he was, you know, thrown in jail for like the rest of his life. And if Joe like decided not to pardon him, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like I'm not, I'm not against that either, you know? Right. Um, But like I said, I would understand. Cause I mean, it's happened before, right? With Nixon. <laughs> so <laughs> Gerald Ford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I was 10 years old when that happened, dude. I was like, oh, I still remember that. Still remember yeah, that. Like I said, it just comes back to the optics of like, this dude was our president. Now he's in jail. So, it kind of makes America look bad. Yeah, we don't want to be like Nicaragua or something. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see what happens. There's, And I think he's going to go out kicking and screaming. I think he might, like, you know, try to sign all these orders and, like, do as much damage as he can once, especially after the 
uh, elections, the state elections get certified, which I yeah. think is like mid-December. Um, December the 8th is um, their deadline. Yeah. So I think after that, especially when it's like certain, like it's done, like your your days are numbered, you know, um, he's going to try to do as much damage on his way out as he possibly can. If you look at, I think it was uh, the pen- the Pentagon, there was like all the top positions, like either quit or got fired, like in one day. Yeah, that's really like a something that a deposed dictator would do right there. Yeah, Donald Trump definitely gives me like fascist vibes if that was a thing. So, um, you know, I don't I think even he's see extremely him. dangerous. He, I see him as dangerous also, but I don't see him as a fascist so much as I see him as a self-centered, egotistical, self-serving, like just completely narcissistic son of a bitch. I really yeah. do. I don't see him as this, you know, Mussolini kind of fact. He's you know, too self-centered to, cause I think, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you now that I think about it. Cause I mean, like, you know, like you said, Mussolini and like all these people, they, it was all, you know, for something greater. Yeah. You know? But I think for Trump, there is, there is nothing greater than himself. <laughs> so that's perfect that's a perfect that is perfect what you just said there's nothing greater than donald trump in donald trump's mind so it's gonna be mostly it was about country and hitler it was about country and you know the future of germany the future of italy you know all these things that they had donald trump's not about the future of america he's going to burn the motherfucker down before he leaves mm-hmm. that is terrible that is that is just that's a mental illness that's not politics yeah it's a sad 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 day i don't know can't wait till I mean, it's over, though. I, you know what, dude? Me and you both. It it has been four years of the up and down of I can't listen to it for anymore, and I go a few weeks, and then you just get sucked right back into it. And every single day is twenty five headlines with the word Trump in it, and it's like th- this is not this is not healthy for mm-hmm. a country. This is not yeah. the way it should be. And hopefully Mr. Biden will calm it down a little bit, but like I like I said before, I I have hope, but man, I just see it's a tough road ahead for sure. It's a rough road for this country for a few years. And with this pandemic on top of it and it's kind of it's kind of disheartening at this point but as the eternal optimist that i am i see biden and harris making a huge turnaround in the first couple years i really do i hope so oh i hope so too because i don't think we can take much more man but we have a hell of a podcast because of it that's true (laughs) I wonder what we're going to have to talk about after he's out of office. <laughs> I'm sure we'll think of something. <laughs> well, you say you, you keep saying you want to crit- criticize Biden. I'm sure he'll do. Yeah, some I'll criticize him shit. for sure. I'm, I, I, I won't say I like criticizing people, but I'm like the object. I try to be obje- objective, you know, when it comes to um, people making, you know, mistakes or, you know, creating bad policies. Yeah. So look forward well, to it. That's what I like about you in that you are able to, to separate the good from the bad. It's like, it's like this man is our president, so he's completely right no matter what he does. No, we, I, I wouldn't trust the cashier at Food Max to do everything right all the time, okay? So yeah. why am I going to trust this guy? Exactly. And I'm glad... Um, I'm glad he won. I hope that they certify this soon. I read today that there, there's a subtle shift in Trump's tweets where he's beginning to give up. 
Like he said something today, at least save the Senate. And yeah, I mean, there's reports of like internally people are kind of like coming to him and be like, hey, like it's it's done, like it's over, you know? Yeah, and um, I don't think that he's, I don't think that he is um, a dumb man by any by any means. He's a very intelligent man. He's yeah, the president sure. of the United States. He fooled us all. But he doesn't want to give up and, and his narcissism, and I, and I get it. But when you look at the subtleties of what is happening and you say, okay, when someone says, at least save the Senate, okay, that at least, that's starting to tell me that he's, okay, at least save the Senate. I know I lost but at least save the yeah. Senate. That's also one of the big things like that's against the whole voter fraud issue. Like how Republicans did extraordinarily well um, this election, like down ticket. They gained yeah. seats in the Senate. I mean, in the House of Representatives. And Governors, then, yeah. And then they did really well in the Senate. Like they held on to all their seats for the most part, you know, uh, we're going to see what happens in Georgia. But like how did all these Republicans do very well? And then Donald Trump did you know, bad. I mean, I wouldn't say bad because I mean, he had like the second most votes in like U.S. history, but you know, he lost. Right. So that kind of shows you a lot of people, a lot of voters, um, were in this mindset of like, you know, I may not fully support Joe Biden, but I just want this dude out of here. Like, I'm tired of it. Yeah, yeah, he's not a politician. He's not, and that's not a bad thing. It, but he's also not a statesman. He's not ethical. He's not moral. He's not a lot of things that we yeah. need in a leader. Yeah. So I think it's becoming more clear to him that of like the reality of things. And that's a good thing. And hopefully... I kind of want to see him get dragged out, though. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I would pay for that. I, I would pay money to see that. Well, put some pay-per-view, put some body cams on some uh, CIA and FBI and military. <laughs> Secret and service. And pay-per-view that yeah. stuff, man. Come on. I'm down for that. <laughs> I bet you that you could pay off a lot of the national debt if you pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of COVID relief right there. <laughs> People from all over the world for tune in for that one. Mm-hmm. And you know, before we go, I'd like to say... It is really refreshing to me to see so much of the world just celebrate that he's gone. Yeah. It's like they were rooting for us all the time. Like, man, you are. It really says a lot. It really says a lot to me. And hopefully if we make it through the pandemic, I can go back to traveling the world again. I didn't do it for a really long time because just really don't want to go any place where Americans not are. I, I took it as Americans aren't looked at as, as uh, friendly or, but they, it seems like it appears that they felt sorry for us. <laughs> and now <laughs> when two of I was looking at it from the outside. So I don't blame them. All right, man. Well, it has been a good, good time. I, I uh, appreciate you, Francisco. Um, I'm going to go. And start editing this. I should have it on by Saturday. Oh, before we go real quick. Um, I think it's been, like I said, it's been a while since we recorded one. Yeah. So I just want to give a shout out to to the boys in blue, the Dodgers, for winning the World Series. <laughs> All right. It's, it's been a long wait. <laughs> they finally did it. How long has it been? Uh, it was 32 years. 32 years. Yeah, All since right. 1988, since they won it last. So, well, I would like to give a shout out to my eight and O Steelers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about football right now, just because the Patriots are like three and five. But it's a it's a long season. We still got yeah, but Brady's doing so well in Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts to watch, but I mean, I still I still wish them the best. I do, unless too. you know, unless they play us, but. Other than that, I'll, I'll root for him. I just see Brady as that that um, late in life OJ Simpson, you know, sitting on the beach in San Francisco with his broken knees in the water, just a complete 
he shouldn't have came back, you know. That dude's probably one of the healthiest players in the league. And he's 43 years old. He has, like, this whole, like, healthy, like, lifestyle method. He calls it the TB12 method. Yeah, yeah. It's not winning in many ball games, though. (laughs) I mean, they're doing pretty good at the Bucks. And, I mean, he has six rings, so you can't really... <laughs> That's true, man. <laughs> he has six rings and I don't have any. So I <laughs> And he got them all with the Patriots, so that's all I care about. Oh my god, are we gonna have to come on and do a sports podcast? I think we I, might. I've talked to a few friends uh that would be down for that. I have a few friends that are big uh I have a baseball friend and then like a football friend. So Okay. Okay. We definitely bring them on. I'll come in and talk about the heart attack Steelers falling apart halfway through the game and then saving it with 30 seconds left. I'm good. <laughs> Whatever. A win's a win, man. I'm down for that. I'm, All right, I'm always down to talk sports. All right, cool. Well, get ready, man. I'm going to ask for your name here. This has been. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got it down by now. My All right, cool. This has been Robert. And Francisco. Yeah, man, and we're the Thoroughly Wrong Podcast. Tune in next time when we are going to talk about whatever we were going to talk about. Take it easy. We'll figure it Be out. Be safe. <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right. Later. You have been listening to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your hosts, Francisco and Robert. If you enjoyed today's show, like, follow, leave a comment, And then look in the description where you'll find our website, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. Until next time, thanks for listening. And just remember, never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.